Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's, uh, gosh, we're we're halfway through July, and uh, we're about to have some pro sports. We're about to have some real sports, man. Are you ready for some real sports, Spencer? I can't wait. We, we have been 133 days since any kind of major sports competitive sports we've had we've had exhibition baseball on the past couple of days we have one more day to go so one more day without sports uh which would be wednesday july 22nd and then uh mlb fires up so 133 days we've got one more to go we made it yep we're we've we've almost made it now we don't get to go to any of no 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 (laughs) we don't any of these games but but it's you know who was gonna drive over to uh, Anaheim or whatever anyway in the next sixty days? So uh, we'll uh, we will gladly watch some fresh sports. Uh, sports docs are great; they're exciting, they're interesting. Uh, replays? I'm not that into replays as much. I've talked about that before, so I am ready for some some new sports, new content. Yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about where we stand with baseball and how that's going to roll for us this season. We will give a little bit of a basketball update, and then most of our our time will be spent with football, as it usually is, uh, except for this spring. But we've got uh, some news going into the season in terms of schedule changes, um, the uniform that we kind of touched on last, I think, last time starting our, our, or looking at our first opponent, UTEP, and then more preseason watch lists, awards, favorite game from history, and what do we learn? Um, but before we jump into all of that, of course, want to remind everybody, uh, along with our, our football segment, as we're going through our favorite games from history, we are giving away five copies of Travis Hale's Dream No Little Dream. To be entered into the drawing, you must follow us on our social accounts. So you can follow us on Twitter at 23Personnel. You can follow us on Instagram, uh, 23Personnel Podcast. You need to follow one of those two for this for the, the show. Um, and then you must submit your favorite or most memorable game from history uh, as long as it's not the 2008 football game versus Texas Tech or versus yeah. Texas, we did decide to expand it and accept 
entries for baseball, basketball, whatever. Um, Michael and I will talk about our favorite and most memorable football games. But for your entry, you can choose any of those sports. Um, we do have a couple of entries so far. Uh, 2008 A&M game. I, I actually had I, I've not seen this game. I was at the fair that day. Um, and I think Texas Tech was like six and zero or seven and zero. No, they were like they were six. And anyways, that they were comfortably, um, they're comfortable favorites in this game. Um, my family's annual trip to the State Fair of Texas in Dallas was planned. Same time, I was like, I'll just keep up with it on my phone. Uh, I was, I've never gone back to watch a replay of a game from my, from what I remember. It was a very comfortable win. Uh, but the person that submitted it was, he said he was there in person. It was the last time that Texas Tech has defeated A&M, which is kind of sad. That was 2008. Now we haven't played them every year since then, but, um, and then played them three more years, I think. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, another submitted the 2013 game versus TCU. So that would have been Cliff Kingsbury's first big 12 conference game. It was his first win. That was the Baker Mayfield Davis Webb combination. The, the night we had the Fox on the field. It's a Thursday night game. It's crazy. I, I was at that game with Samantha. That was our that was our one season to have season tickets. Um, and it was nuts that game. So be sure to send us your your entries. Um, be entered in to to win a copy of Travis Hale's Dream No Little Dream, and then we'll run that through. When did we say the end of July? I, yeah, I, I think so. I think we gave it to the end of July, first of August. Yeah, so you still got a couple of weeks. Um, I've already given out our Twitter, but if you want to follow me or Michael personally, it's, you can follow me, Spencer at Punts Suck. There's two S's there in the middle. Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Finally, we have. Some 23 personnel merch, t-shirts, hoodies, and that kind of stuff up on teespring.com slash store slash 23 dash personnel dash podcast. Um, dude, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that, uh, of those shirts that, that we picked up. Yeah, they're working out pretty good, but mine's held up pretty well. I still think you going with the black shirt with the white letters is, is better. It's, it's, it's a, a better look than my black shirt with the red letters. I'm, I'm pretty jealous. I have shirt envy. I may have to uh, talk to corporate and see if they'll send me another one. Yep, I'm sure that we could arrange that. Um, <laughs> but I guess like, like Michael Sanders was what I was saying. You, if you want to pick one up yourself, you can Teespring.com and then search for our store, Twenty Three Personnel Podcast. Um, pick up any variety of color shirts and colored logos get you ready for fall sports as they're coming back um as those sports begin to return so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner betonline.ag with ufc nascar formula one and the epl in full swing there's no shortage of ways to get in on the action if you need more Bet Online has simulated NFL Madden games and NBA 2K and UFC happening every day. Free to watch and wager on 
as the MLB, NBA, and NFL near a return. Bet Online has futures odds on everything you can imagine, season win totals, division odds, and championship odds. Make sure to visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device to join now and receive your new welcome bonus. So, Michael, let's... Here comes Anderson. Spins. Oh! And it is stuck back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Bonick and a crowd strip by Owens. Already on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Colbert. Evans. Yes! Game over. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Mooney with a crossover in the line. Owens! Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh! Edwards with a three. Good! What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double into Tariq. Goddard who puts it down! Already. Odiasi crowbars it in. Got clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Colbert got the separation. Oh, big shot. Step it up big time. Dagger. Colbert with the dish. All right, so really the biggest thing is um, our man Jonathan Kaminga finally came out with a decision. Um, if you haven't heard yet, or if you could pick up the put the pieces together from context since we didn't do an instant reaction, he chose to go to the G League instead of Texas Tech. Although he did say, uh, this is a quote from him, like if it wasn't, if Kaminga wasn't going to go to the G League, he said, I was going to play with my brother at Texas Tech. This is something he told the Athletic. So for all those big blue bud schools that were in on the recruiting, that were down on, on Tech saying there's no way he would go there. Basically what we said was at the G League or Texas Tech, he confirmed it, um, but did ultimately go with the professional contract with some money. Um, so Jonathan Kaminga going to the G League for going college. The big big question now is whether or not his brother will follow him. Um, Joel and Tomboy has not been with the team this summer, or basically since everything was put on hold. Um, he's not been practicing and meeting with the team. He's been in, I, I think, Florida. Anyways, he's... Um, I'm not sure, but yeah. I know that Labar posted before we started 
we started the, the podcast that apparently there were team photos today and or maybe it was you that mentioned it, but in Tomboy was, was not in the team photos. But like you said, if, if he's gone, he's gone and traveling is it, it's something to look into and something to kind of read into, but I'm not sure how much to read into it. Uh, but traveling of obviously now is more of an issue and, and certain precautions have to be made. And i I'm not sure, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. It, it, it sure would be a shame if in Tomboy basically set out a year and then didn't ever get to play for the team that he set for. But I mean, the way the tides turn in with COVID and how things are, uh, I mean, we're already seeing upheaval in the football realm. I, I think with, if, if COVID didn't exist, I kind of think, there was a bigger chance that Kamingo would have landed at Tech. Uh, but I think he took the route that, in my mind, was probably the safer bet because there's – I don't know what the odds are, but I would imagine that the odds of the G League having a full season or even a 75% of a season is a lot higher than NCAA basketball being able to compete all systems normal. Uh, for another season, much less have a, the big tournament, which is where all these players get the last bit of exposure that pushes up their draft stock. That that makes the difference at the end. Um, not to mention the money, which was reported to be in the half million dollar range. I haven't seen an actual number from any outlet. Maybe I don't. I just don't know, know if that's available yet. But I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place. But you know, if Tomboy kind of sees that and 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 he was instrumental in, in Kaminga making this decision, I think they consulted each other quite a bit. I mm-hmm. think they were obviously wanted to do what was best for uh, for Jonathan, but with that in mind, he may have even convinced himself, well, maybe I should look at the G League. <laughs> maybe I should get out of this league and actually get to play some basketball. You know, maybe he sitting out a year he does not want to send out two years potentially and this would guarantee almost that he would at least get to play so i'm i'm not sure what what are your thoughts on it do you think that 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 there's a chance this whole process could have possibly swayed in tomboy from playing another year in college um so I let me just say I I think it's a lot more likely that he's going to be leaving for the G League uh, than staying. Uh, isn't Tomboy? I think with uh, him nearly going professional when he left Nevada before coming to Texas Tech, that at this point I think he's much more inclined to go professional than than play on the collegiate level. Now he wouldn't have to sit out this season. Because he's done that, he's he's sure. satisfied the NCAA transfer requirements. Um, but with the uncertainty of if there is going to be a season, what what that season's going to look like, or if he can go play professionally and make money in the meantime, it it would make sense of like okay, the college thing seems kind of uncertain. Um, and the last time he he had, he's been seen, you know, before you know, entering the, the NBA draft has been two seasons now. Um, might as well go ahead and jo- join the, the, the G League 
which is probably a lot more sure footing in terms of having games to play and to continue to set him up himself up for the NBA while also making money. Whereas the, like I said, the NCAA basketball may or may not happen this fall. And so to me, it seems like he's much more likely to depart and join his younger brother than he is to stay. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking too. And there was something with the way that, uh, something with the way that Kaminga worded that, that he felt that his best path to the NBA to be a top pick in the NBA was to go through the G league, which is not, I mean, of course I think that's what the G league's trying to shoot for is to get guys like Kaminga who will make that transition and make a splash in the NBA quickly, but that's not traditionally how it's done. And so this could be a combination of, the G League's pushing this and they they want this path to the NBA to be kind of more fluid and more uh, attainable. But then that may have just been all the advice he's been given as well of you, you just you can't depend on the NCAA even having a season this year. Mm-hmm. Go with a, a league of professionals who can, you know, create some sort of bubble. I'm sure it won't be as expansive as what's going on in, in Florida for the NBA, but they just would have um, better ways to isolate these guys because they're paid guys. They can they can understand it's part of their job to mm-hmm. to to quarantine and do whatever they need to do to to be able to play and 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 they can um, take a bit of a financial hit that way because they will be making money as opposed to being limited to what you can and can't do as a college athlete uh, due to funds or where you live or where your family lives or how you get from A to B. Um, that's not as big of an issue when you're a, prof- a professional. Yep. So speaking of professionals, NBA still set to go on the 30th. So a week from Thursday, NBA returns from the bubble in Orlando, as they, they're calling it. Um, basically taking over the Disney compounds. Um, we went over that schedule a couple of weeks ago, but they'll have eight games and then jump into their playoffs, um, which just, you know, as much as we're talking about the baseball season being a sprint, like it's going to be, like this, like the NBA season is going to happen, like the snap of the fingers, and then it'll just be playoffs. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, they're just giving a couple of teams of a shot a, for a few extra chances. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think we said what there are twenty-two teams that are going. Uh, more than half are coming from the West, because I think there were a lot closer teams in that seven, eight, nine, ten range in terms of seeds, and they yep. need to figure out. Uh, basically seeds seven and eight. Um, but yeah, they start next week. I know a lot of, a lot of fans, a lot of the guys in the Slack chat are, are waiting for that. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've got all three Texas teams represented in the Slack chat with the Mavericks, the Rockets and the Spurs, um, Definitely. in terms of fans. Yep. And I think, We've got some Northeastern love there from Labar uh, with the Celtics. He likes his Boston teams, man. He did. He, he, he's consistent at least. 
Oh yeah, yeah. He's not a he's not a bandwagon guy. He's he's been sporting Boston teams for I don't know since he was a wee lad, as far as I know. I'm sure he was. Um, all right, so with that, let's let's jump into some baseball. Left field, well struck. Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. So not counting the exhibition games, which are currently on TV. There's one on right now. I'm watching the Rangers and the Rockies um, because they will play two exhibition games, then be off, and the season will start with these two teams. Um, The Major League Baseball season starts on the 24th with a couple of games, and then everything else basically starts on Friday the 25th, or sorry, Thursday the 23rd and then most of the games starting Friday the 24th um, again with this we, we also went over this with the schedule it's going to be something like 60 games in 65 days or something ridiculous um, Michael and I have discussed adopting teams that aren't the Rangers for this season yeah just to just to kind of make it interesting one you guys know that I'm, I'm, well, I'm not an expert in anything, but baseball would be probably one of the furthest things that you could consider an expertise sort of realm for me. So uh, I thought, well, to make it more interesting for me too would just be to pick a team. And this was actually my wife's idea. I don't, I don't know if I've mentioned that, but that um, she jokingly, well, I don't know if she jokingly said it, but when they mentioned that the season was really going to start, uh, you know, about a month ago, MLB finally kind of figured it out. She texted me, all right, so which, which team are we supporting? What gear do we need to order? What are we doing? And and then I talked to her because she just sent that to me at work. And I just thought she was kind of kidding around. And then I got home and she said, no, really, that if it's baseball, it's something. We should pick a team and follow them and see how they're doing because she can't, she can't live with the fact that people just watch sports just to watch sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, she feels that people need to have a team. And I say, well, you know, I watch a lot of college football just because I enjoy it. She said, yes, but you have a team. And a lot of those games that you watch, it factors into how how your team's doing or, or teams you're interested in. I said, okay, well, you know, you've got a point there. So, um with me being a very passive at best Rangers fan, 
we just kind of started spitballing teams and and um, I've I've got a few on here. I, I thought about putting it up for a Twitter vote, but I've kind of narrowed it down to the White Sox, the Royals, the Rockies, and the Brewers. And the the reasoning for all of these are really superficial and make no sense because I have no baseball history knowledge. Uh, I wanted to go with White Sox because they're a Chicago team. That's not the Cubs. Cubs were actually good a couple years ago. I was, they and were. That's the other thing. I'm, aside from the Royals, I'm trying not to pick someone who's been, you know, the Royals, I know they won the pennant, what, two years ago, three? They won the World Series, yeah, a few years ago. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying not to do that, but I couldn't help it because um, 2015. Yeah, I it's mean, been five they, years already. Kansas City, go Mahomes. Um, I like Paul Rudd. That's that's why I like the Royals. <laughs> I like the blue. <laughs> the Rockies were mainly uh, just because they are kind of regional. They're about as regional as you can get. That's not in Texas, so that was part of the reason why I picked the Rockies. And then the Brewers. Um, I go to this conference every couple years in Wisconsin. And um, a lot of the guys up there are huge baseball fans. And I've met enough guys from the Midwest that the term Brewers is uh, very appropriate and just a cool name <laughs> for a team. Yeah, it's pretty legit. <laughs> so anyway, those are the four that I'm considering. Do you have any thoughts on those? So No, not really. <laughs> I do like how you have a couple of AL teams and a couple of NL teams. I think you can probably like, I don't know if you want to follow multiple teams or if you, you definitely want to, don't want to be ordering gear from multiple teams, but I think if you didn't want to commit to just one, I, I can say, hey, take one from the AL and take one from the NL because their games are so much different and, and it's going to be less, that, that difference will be, you know, minimized this season because they're not going to be playing with the, or they, the National League will be playing with, with the designated hitter, um, so it'll be a little more even. But just it's as growing up a Rangers fan and seeing a lot of AL teams, like watching NL teams is kind of fascinating to me, just because it's a team that just I haven't spent a lot of time looking at. So the the Rockies are intriguing to me one because they're 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 sneaky good. Um, and okay. Okay. Because you know they play in the NL West outside of this season because the Rangers will play them as, as part of the AL and NL West pairing. You don't see them a whole lot, um, and because they're in the NL and we're in the the footprint, the broadcast footprint of an AL team, we don't see them on on TV a whole lot. Um, Brewers, I I know less about besides they have a a train in their stadium. That, oh, see, that's cool. Or something like that goes off when they hit a see, home that's run. That's a selling point for me. That's, that's exactly what I'm looking for. That type of knowledge. <laughs> uh, the Royals have a, a pretty cool stadium. I don't know much about the White Sox since they've fallen off the face of the planet like 10 years ago when they, they got rid of their manager, Ozzie Guillen. Uh, I know they had a, a perfect game or no hitter with Mark Burley. A while ago, but well, there's something. Again, that's that's probably been 15 years. 
<laughs> so <laughs> just a little while. So my four teams, I, I, I don't have any any input for you. I'm sorry. I do like You're the good. Royals blue, plenty. and I like the Rockies. Um, there's a couple of Midwest teams, although the Rockies are more Western. Anyways, so I have two AL teams, two NL teams. Um, one of my AL teams is Tampa Bay, and I think it's because they're kind of in a similar boat as the Rockies. Is they're not a uh, a traditional power in the AL East, but they're they're supposed to be pretty dang good this year. Um, and then another AL team is the D- Detroit Tigers for my boy Billy Chapel, <laughs> uh, and also for um, the Lubbock Cooper Little League Modified T Ball Tigers. So. There's that. And that then, one, that one, I, I really considered that one too. <laughs> and because well, I, I randomly about 15 years ago, I bought a Detroit Tigers cap and I don't even know what happened to it, <laughs> but I thought it was a cool looking cap and I've always liked the logo They're and pretty cool. Magnum PI holds a special place in my heart. Yeah. So I, I considered the Tigers as well. So I do like the, the old English D I like the, the orange and blue combination they got going on um another reason why i was a denver broncos fan back in the day but they were also really good and in those days when i was starting to follow them um but yeah so those are my two al teams nl teams um i'm looking at the atlanta braves an up-and-coming team that hasn't been good basically since chipper jones retired uh, but they've been building out there and then the Dodgers, um, I think more because of just like they've always kind of had like some interest from me, but they're they're also supposed to be like really really good. So I, I don't I don't really want to pick up like a Cincinnati Reds team and be like, well, this team sucks. Like, well, well, <laughs> yeah. like if I'm gonna pick a, a, another team to watch, like I kind of want them to be good. You know, I don't want it to be like I said, the Reds or the Mets. Um, yeah, Cleveland. I wouldn't pick a another AL West team, but or the Diamondbacks. No, I, I just, just wouldn't do it. Yeah, I skipped over the Diamondbacks, even though they're probably just about as no. I still think the Rockies are closer. Yeah, but I mean, geographically, but I mean not by. Not by a whole lot. I mean, we're still talking eight hours. <laughs> if you're driving that's the to closest a game. team, that's not in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Although I did go to a uh, Diamondbacks game last spring while I was in Phoenix. Oh, for that's right, you did conference Diamondbacks yeah. and Cubs, and I was I was I was on the coaching staff of the Lubbock Cooper Little League Modified T-ball Cubs team at that year. So I had my did Cubs you wear hat. Your Cubs hat. To oh, them? I for sure did. Of course, there I, I probably. Felt, they were looking at me as like a bandwagon fan because this was the year after the Cubs won it. Um, yeah, that was the thing. I was trying to avoid, like I said, with the Royals, that's kind of close. But I was trying to avoid bandwagon territory and or the big, you know, Red Sox, Yankees. Uh, the Dodgers the, are on that list for me, though. The, the Cardinals. I mean, uh, Dodgers, I don't know. That that kind of gets a pass for me. That's just such a cool vibe of a team. <laughs> I don't I don't know. The I don't see an issue with that. I, that doesn't seem. I also consider. I mean, the Giants too, but the Giants have had quite a bit of success, quite a bit 
or and, recently and against the Rangers. Yeah, that too. That, that I thought, well, I don't want to like pick a team that someone who likes the Rangers probably hates that. I was trying to avoid that. So losing against like, I, I, I think I'm more upset about losing against the Giants than I am against losing against the Cardinals. Uh, even though we were closer to the like a title against the Cardinals and we were the Giants, but um, just the thing with the Giants, with, like so, it was that the the success they had against the Rangers and also just the whole Barry Bond stuff. Like oh yeah, bad yeah. taste. Um. Anyways, I forgot what I was gonna say, but oh, sorry, I was gonna add one more point to the Dodgers for for me. So I. Their their TV play by play guy is a guy named Joe Davis, um, and Tech fans will know him or know his voice because he also calls some college football games for Fox, and he's called some Tech games. He called the Tech Oklahoma game from 2016 when it was Mahomes versus uh, Mayfield. Oh wow! The thing that gets me is this dude is 32 years old. And he is the play-by-play voice of the prop, the first or second largest in uh, TV market. Um, and he also does a, like a lot of primetime college football for Fox. And he's thirty-two. And like he, he's he, he's pretty good. <laughs> you know, it's not. Yeah, like, I would imagine so. You, you, yeah, you don't just if, even if you get to that point. Uh, people figure out really quickly whether you're actually that good or not. And so, yeah, he's he's obviously maintained it. It's not like Brady Quinn or that uh, Alabama quarterback that now does the calls every now and then. I'm blanking on his name. Either way, Joe Davis. McElroy? Maybe. Greg McElroy? Does that sound familiar? I don't Is know. He... Is that a person? That sounds like a person. I believe us. Yes, Greg McElroy. <laughs> yeah, he, he's with the, he's on the ESPN team. But so Joe Davis does it with um, uh, Brock Heward. So it's he and Brock Heward together, and I like I like them together. Anyways, like I said, Joe Davis does the play by play for the Dodgers on TV. Another reason why I'd, I'd be interested in watching the the Dodgers so I could hear him call baseball. Well, that's, I mean, that's a great point on its own. I don't know anything about the announcers or anybody else for most of these. So I, I don't know. I just had Royals in my head when I started. I'm really, I'm really leaning towards that. If, if I don't do the Twitter vote, I, I think that's probably where we'll, where we'll be. I've got like, 36 hours to figure it out, man. So I, I better figure it out because I've got to, got to stake my claim. I'm going to, I'm going to post it on Twitter so that people will know I was not a bandwagon fan that I officially jumped on, uh, the day that the season resumed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the other guy, other broadcast guy that I, w- I would be interested in following, uh, his name is Josh Lewin. He actually called the Rangers. He was the play play for the Rangers before, uh, 10 years ago, whatever it was. Um, and he was doing that for a while. He's now, he now does play by play for the UCLA Bruins football and basketball teams. 
and then does Boston Red Sox on WEEI, which I think is radio. That is a busy guy. Yeah, so he, he does the radio call for the Red Sox now. But yeah, if he's doing UCLA football and basketball, so which is obviously in LA, and then does Boston, the Red Sox professional baseball, that's, that's a lot of travel. It's a long flight from LA to Massachusetts. Yeah, pretty good little stretch. But I'm sure he's he's rewarded handsomely for his efforts. Lastly, quick update from the little league. Uh, we did we, we touched on it a couple times. Our little tigers won another game. We are now three five and one. And yes, we did tie and t ball. Wow. Which is oh boy, did it go? It <laughs> how does that work? Okay, so the scoring rules in this division is you can score seven runs cumulative per inning or like, so you switch sides after seven runs or three outs, whichever comes first. The problem with the cumulative seven run thing is it that also fits within like a time window. So our games, we don't start a new inning an hour after the game started. Basically we have time to play three innings max. Um, but the the seven run cumulative run means if we don't score seven runs in the first, say we scored five runs in the first inning, mm-hmm. we can score nine runs in the second to get up to our 14 runs. Okay. So if you've got two teams that are equally bad on defense, then it's you score seven runs and you switch. And then you give up seven runs and you switch. You score seven runs. This is what we did with like, at the time, one of the worst teams in the league. They had not won a game at the time, at, at that point. And I, was, and I went in the game feeling pretty confident, but we, it was really hot, and our, our kids got progressively less interested in the game and got progressively slower and hotter. It was a cumulative yeah. run thing that got us because like, we held them like three or four runs in the first inning, and then they scored like eight or nine runs in the second inning. So they hadn't quite caught up to their seven cumulative runs, but then like we could not stop them in the third inning and they tied the game. So we, we were home or so we were away. So we batted first and we hadn't gotten up to one of our 21 runs or whatever it was. But then like we just let them score like 10 or 11 runs in the third inning to where they could tie us. And then that ended the game because we couldn't start another inning because we hit the time limit. So, T-ball rules are weird. We we did tie a game, <laughs> which I, I'm probably most in this division m- more likely to happen than anywhere else, um, because of everybody gets a trophy. We're gonna let you score seven runs, so we're gonna let you score a lot of runs and not run the score up on somebody, and let you get back into the game. But yeah, anyways. Um. But then we played a game against the team that has not won a game. So this is the second time we've done this, and we'll have another game against somebody else like this too. Um, Before the game started, he said, hey, um, depending on how much time is left, like because you guys are away, if we finish an inning with only a few minutes left to go on the clock, 
well, technically we could start another inning. He's like, we're just going to call it. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> we finished the second inning. We were up 13 to three. And he's like, okay, we're done. With And we had like 15 minutes left on the clock. He's like, you sure? Like we could play another inning. He's like, no, we're done. I was like, okay. <laughs> they have some place to be. I, I don't know. It, like it was... It wasn't like the really hot days because like we had gotten past all those really hot weather days the week before, which, you know, we had that week of 109 degree days. Luckily, yep. we did not have a game during that stretch. The first game we played, I think it was on Thursday night, and the high for that day was only 100. And I say only because it was the coolest day of the week. Um, but yeah, like this was Saturday morning. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. Where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We were in the 80s at the time. Like We were the first game of the day or second. We were like at 1030 in the morning. It wasn't hot yet. He did have other kids playing, but like, I don't know. It was, it was weird. I was like, so with a cumulative run, he could have caught up or passed us, whatever. We would have had to bat again. Um, you know, so we were at 13, we were already 10 runs ahead and we could have added eight more and got up to 21 and it would have been 21 to three. And then they would have had to score 18 runs to tie us potentially. And he just was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> He's ready to leave. So I was like, well, okay. Right then. So the Tigers won a third game. Um, How about them Tigers? Go Tigers. We have three games left. So we're, we're getting pretty close to the end of our season. We play again tomorrow versus, I think we play the Braves or the Dodgers. I don't remember. I have to look at our schedule. But they're like the second or third team in the league. Um, not hopeful but like anything could happen or we could get our, 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 our trash kicked who knows um it like it's it's so strange like you you think the kids would enjoy playing baseball or like winning games but their reaction to the game being over whether we win or lose is the same it's like hey the game's over They're just like yay we played baseball did we win no okay Did we win yes cool we won a game like it, it doesn't really seem we'll to see you next week. <laughs> it doesn't seem to change or bother them with like the parents are the ones that are the most upset about it with whatever happened in the game. Sure. It's usually me like screaming at the kids. Hey, throw the ball to first, throw it to first. Nope. Hold the ball now. He's already there. And then he throws it and the ball ends up like in right field. It's like, if you're going to throw the ball, you should have thrown it like 10 seconds ago. And that runner goes from first to second, to third, before we finally get the ball back in. Yeah, I was like, hey, you know, if the if the runner's already at first, don't throw the ball. Let's just let's just live to play another down. And, you know, to borrow a football term. But I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, so we're we're doing good. We got, like I said, two games left. Or sorry, three games left. One against a really good team. One against a team that's I think we're tied with in the standings, and then one more against a team that hasn't won a game yet. So, did you say you were three and five and one? Three, five, and one. So we we could go two and one over these we last three games. Potentially go out with a winning record. We we could go out with a winning record. Go six, five, and one. We could go five, six, and one. We could go three, yeah. eight, and one. <laughs> I mean. Whatever, it's three games better than we did last season because we, we were the team that didn't win a game last year. Like our run differential last season was like minus 100 something. It was stupid. This year, I think we're minus 20, something, which is not good. Uh, but for a team that's, you know. Got seven kids. Well, we're down to six kids now. We had oh, another you're down to six. We had another kid uh, call it quits because um, we had a. We had a parent of a, a player test positive for the virus mm. the 4th of July weekend. That player didn't test positive. She, the, the, the 
family contracted it or exposed to it after our game with them. Like we, we had a game on like Thursday or Friday. They think they were exposed on Saturday or Sunday. They tested positive between any kind of team activities. They kept, you know, they were out away from us for two weeks, but the mom was like, that was just too close for comfort. I was like, okay. So we, we dropped All down right. to, we've got, six kids left in our team. We started with 13 in the spring. Yeah, so we're we're 3, 5 and 1. We play the Dodgers, the the Royals. We play the Dodgers, Royals and Yankees. We are minus 22 okay. in run differential. The the Rangers that we played this past weekend, they're minus 52. The Yankees that again, the other team that hasn't won a game, they're minus 55. There is a team that we've so we've lost to basically everybody else on this list. The Rockies, who are in first place for us in, in our division, they're they're eight and zero. They are plus sixty five runs. This is the team that like crushed us and like they were screaming at us, or like, bro, chill out. This is T ball. It's five year olds. It also felt like we were playing a, a team from a different division that were playing down, like they were scrimmaging against us. We're like, this feels like a waste of everybody's time. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, we, we, we keep a lot of like weird stats, like run differentials. And I, I guess it's for seeding and all that kind of stuff. We're not going to, we're not going to be in the top two teams that go to this city tournament, but yeah, man, it's nuts. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time delivered. Hand off to Marcus Fields. Down the sideline, touchdown, Red Raiders, 97 yards. Harrell back to throw, going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, my. You got it. Touchdown, oh. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Country pulls free. And touchdown. Red Raiders with a second to go. Let the scoring begin. All right. So, obviously, the big story is COVID 19 coronavirus changing football schedules this fall we've seen uh i guess it started with the ivy league they said they were going to cancel their fall sports um the big 10 was the first power five conference to make any such announcement they were um it was more or less a surprise across the the group of five sorry the power five um commissioners when the big 10 came out and said hey we're not we're gonna not play we're only gonna play conference schedules this fall um, that didn't really affect Texas Tech, but then the Pac-12 came out a few days later and announced, "Hey, we're gonna we're just gonna play conference only." So then Texas Tech lost their opponent versus um, Arizona. Since then, we've heard of several other uh, conferences make similar announcements whether they're gonna postpone fall sports into the spring, or they're only gonna play conference only schedules. Uh, the other one that 
has an impact or an effect on Texas Tech is the Southwestern Athletic Conference, the SWAC. They've come out to announce that they're going to postpone fall sports. And this includes another non-conference opponent for Texas Tech in Alabama State. So this drops Texas Tech down to just five home games. Um, And we've heard it from Kirby Hocutt several times and from Robert Giovanetti that Texas Tech is planning on and working on securing or having a seven-game home schedule this season still, which would include picking up two opponents in the next month, essentially. Um, yeah, this seems like a pretty big task. I mean, I'm sure there's other teams that have lost games as well, but... Which is where I think some I people that are... was the... Sorry, go ahead. The, sorry. Uh, th- that was the only kind of big selling point after such a ho-hum season last year was that Tech was going to have seven home games this year for the first time in, I don't know, a decade or longer. I, I can't think of the last time they had seven home games. So I know that was a big selling point, and now's the time to let's replace Alabama state with somebody. Right. So that, that could actually produce a good game. That could be something worth watching, especially if we're going to be limited to just a few of these anyway, let's try to make it the best game we can. Yeah. I'm not sure how long, like if the big 12 is going to make some kind of announcement saying we're only going to play conference games. Um, but they wouldn't be like, there's only been two power five school or sorry, power five conferences that have said that so you've got other power five programs looking to fill schedules um granted a lot of these teams also lost home games so you're gonna have to work out you know if you're gonna pair up with another power five school um you have to find somebody that lost a home game that's willing to to make a home game a neutral site game or or how, how that's gonna work out but um Alan Corbin uh, sent, or he tweeted out, you know, a few days ago, some ideal candidates for for Texas Tech football to schedule on both of these weekends, on the twelfth, which would be week two, and the nineteenth, which would be week three. Um, on the twelfth, week two, he listed Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Colorado State, BYU, and Houston. Obviously, not all of those are Power Five. Um, you've got th- two Group of Five and an Independent in that first set. And then for week three on the 19th, he's got a few more. He's got Pitt, San Diego State, Utah State, BYU again. Because of their independent status, they've got just a lot of open flexibility in their scheduling. Texas A&M, Air Force, and North Carolina. So if you had your choices from these opponents, Michael, who would you take in week two in place of Alabama State? Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Colorado State, BYU, or Houston? Um, you know, we've, we've played Houston enough. Uh, it, it would be the Holgerson factor will always make that a little bit more intriguing, but I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine with, with foregoing that. Uh, I, I may reserve the BYU pick for the next week, but I mean, that, that's definite possibility, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm wavering enough to. Uh, I, I want to play someone that I don't think Tech's really played before. Or they haven't in a long time that I know of. Syracuse would be a, an interesting matchup to me, especially, and I, forgive me for completely whiffing, but and I hope he's still there. But during the coaching search, 
I believe the head coach at Syracuse was a candidate or maybe not a candidate, but just people, someone that people were interested in to interview and, and possibly come to tech. But I think he had just gotten to Syracuse. I think he was just there for a year or so when uh, Kingsbury was let go. So, um, and Babers, Bobbers, Dino? Yeah. So, I, I'm terrible with names. Guys. Dino Babers, and he's been at... Um, he's been at Syracuse since the 2016 season. Right. So I think he was there one year and it was, it was just, I think this was more of a kind of wishful thinking pick or or maybe someone said his name was there. And so his name was there. Um, but yeah, I mean, 2018, he, he took them to 10 and three. Um, of course they only went five and seven last year. But I, I just kind of think I had that in my head. It, it'd be kind of interesting to see those guys go go head to head and uh, just kind of because I, I was kind of in on on the Babers train there for a little bit when, but I didn't know if it was even a possibility. It was just just an interesting pick to me. Yeah. So the the concern I have with with trying to schedule somebody like that is just w- what kind of travel restrictions are we going to get? Because trying to get a, a team in from yeah. from. Uh, New York may be a little more difficult than a Houston or Texas A&M. Um, and I, not that I don't want to play those teams. I'd rather play other, I'd just rather play other teams. But you, you actually seen Dino Babers on the opposing sidelines. Um, he was a wide receiver, wide receivers coach and recruiting coordinator for Baylor in 2008. And then special teams and wide receivers coach for Baylor from 2009 to 2011. So he's been there for four years. Um, and then he went to Eastern Illinois, 2012, 2013, Bowling Green, 2014 and 2015, and then Syracuse the past five years. So you said you'd rather take on Syracuse in week one and maybe BYU in week two. Is that, would that be your lineup then? That's pretty much where I'm at. I mean, the Utah State obviously is is kind of intriguing for the the 19th, but I, I mean, I'm going realistic. A and M's never going to go for it, so no. I don't even want to act like I want to watch them because I've I've said this before. A and M's the team I miss the most because they were such a that was such a fun rivalry, uh, and it was pretty even, and it was a team that we all enjoyed loving hating. So. I would like to play them, but I just know that there's a there's probably a better chance Tech would play BYU or Utah State than the team that's in the same state as we are. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I'm going. I just want to mention that Utah State would have obviously been intriguing, but I think I would prefer BYU for that week. Yeah. So f- for me, I, I think I would take Colorado State in week two. Um for some of the same reasons that you were talking about uh, not wanting Houston. So this is a team that uh, would be replacing um, an FCS program. So you're not looking for, you know, power five opponents. Now you could bolster your schedule and, and hypothetically sell more tickets if they become available or at least draw more attention to these games. If you were to grab uh, you know, a power five school in Virginia tech or Syracuse. But I think even Picking up a group of five school at Colorado State, they haven't been terrible past few years. They're definitely a better yeah, I mean, opponent than beat Arkansas UTEP. last year. 
So I I think they they could be a good opponent to pick up. Um, and it's a team like I don't know if Tech has ever played them. If it has, it's been a long, long time. And then um, for week three on the nineteenth, shoot, uh, I, I I like all those options. Um, you know, Air Force is a Colorado team that you, you could take on if you want to go back to that state. Um, so then it would be either, you know, I, I don't have a, a great answer, but I, I have three teams I'd, I'd pick from that one. I'd, I'd take Air Force or Utah State or BYU. Okay, so we're kind of on the same page there. Yeah, I wouldn't mind playing Air Force either, but I just, if I had to pick, I would go Syracuse week one or Syracuse and then um, BYU. Yeah, and and, I, and those are that's kind of a winnability thing too. I, I think we could, you know, Syracuse was five and seven last year. I, I haven't looked up BYU recently. They they're always they always have some talented players, but I, I think Tech could stand a chance with both those both those teams. And I, I mean, with all of these, really, A and M has done quite a bit better lately. I, I don't think I'm, I'm pretty sure Tech would lose to A and M to be flat honest, but I mean, the, the rest of these teams there, they would be teams that you, Hey, you, you would want to play the game because you really don't know exactly how it would turn out. Yeah. And see, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I'm not like so concerned with putting power five schools back on the schedule. Um, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm more looking at like not looking at, like picking up for sure wins, but let, let's pick games that we can be competitive in and that tech can show progress that they're, they're, they're building back to something with Matt Wells. Then, then, Hey, let's pick up Virginia tech and North Carolina, um, and, and switch to two games on your schedule where you would have been favored to two games where you're going to be heavy underdogs. Um, sure. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. I mean, and, and like I said, like, part of the reason why you schedule a team like Alabama State is is it's a tune-up game. You, you need some practice against live opponents. You're building something, but you also want to get a win on that schedule, and everybody does it. So it's not that like you can't just you know that you can't say I'm looking for a win on the schedule when you're looking at replacing these teams. Cause you did lose your, your FCS opponent and it doesn't look like you're scheduling or looking to schedule FCS opponents, but you know, maybe you are. This list is from Alan Corbin, not from Kirby Hocutt. Um, <laughs> right, right. But yeah, so f- for me, I'm looking for games that are interesting, but that can still be competitive and you still have a, you know, better than not shot at winning that game. So for me, give me Colorado state and then either of the, the Utah schools or air force for week three. Yep. I could live with that. Um, finally we want to just really quickly touch on the, the underarm uniforms. 
uh, I, I don't know if, if we touched on the uniforms themselves or if we just touched on Texas Tech re-signing with Under Armour, but they released some updated jerseys. Uh, and I wouldn't even call them concepts because they're actually put together uniforms that, uh, you know, that looks like athletes are wearing. Biggest changes visually is you got rid of the guns up check mark thing on the shoulder, on the front side of the shoulders. That space is now just solid color of the jersey. Um, and they added a contrasting color V. I don't know what, what kind of, how you want to describe it, stripe, or whatever, on the outside of the shoulders that are, um, if the jersey is red, then it's a red and white stripe. Um, let me see if the white, yeah, on, on the white jersey, it's red and black stripe. On the black jersey, it's red and white. So yeah, you've got it's contrasting, like you said. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 red jersey, you've got black and white stripes. Black jersey, white and red. White jersey, black and red. I like those. I'm okay with that. You got the Texas Tech logo in the middle of those stripes on the on the outside of the shoulder. It looks like they also uh, widened uh, the stripe along the top of the helmet, but I don't have a really great view of that or memory of the past uniforms and then they uh they it's updated metallic yeah they the the stripes are metallic and they updated the look like a stripe on the leg and they took off the guns up phrase that was on the leg and then on the, the back hip or something yeah a couple other uh i mean all there are helmet colors all of them with with a single metallic red stripes but then you've got you but you've got a red helmet white helmet and a black helmet you know actually i'm not so sure with this that metallic is throwing me off but i think i think all the stripes on the helmets are red and then the other notable thing that is missing is gray yep. there are no there's no gray and that was confirmed i i know i saw that somewhere somebody uh, asked the equipment manager and he said yes there, there will be no gray this season gray is gone so excluding throwbacks, I don't need any gray. I mean, I, I know that tech wore some gray back in the day, gray pants and stuff, but yeah, we're, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I don't, I don't need it. Now, it, it, if we get that, those, uh, thirties era throwbacks that we talked about last time from the centenary game, that'd be pretty great. These they're, they're fairly standard. There's, I mean, there's not, they're not flashy. They're simple, red, white, black, probably play with any combination of helmets, jerseys, and pants where, Oh, sure. You know, it's not like you're going to wear all red, all black or all white. Although those are fine looks too. I'm still a big fan of the red Jersey, like the black helmet, red Jersey, black pant. I don't think we've seen that in a while. That was a, a big time thing with the Under Armour uniforms we got before the cliff era redesigns. Um, yeah, it seems like these, you, you know, we had tech had different helmets. Um, they, they were different colors. You know, some of them had the stars and some didn't. And it, it was it seems like Wells, maybe he was given a chance to clean things up a little bit or maybe not clean things up. But just like you were saying, uh, make everything consistent across the board, which is fine. I mean, I, I don't really this has never been that big of an interest to me. I I love that. I love our colors. I think our colors look fantastic. Uh, just about any way that they want to be worn out on a football field. So 
anything that they come up with, I'm, I'm usually okay as long as it's at least red, white, or black or something. When they start throwing in blues and grays and camo and whatnot, I, I start to kind of lose lose my well. It doesn't really matter opinion, and then all of a sudden things start to matter. I'm like, no, that looks that looks like crap. Let's not do that. <laughs> Some of these things. <laughs> So I, I'm, it seems like he just kind of simplified it and streamlined it. And I'm sure there's going to be some people upset about that, but I'm not one of them. No, these are fine. There's nothing that stands out um, in either direction of like really good or really bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the boldest choice is that check mark thing we were trying to explain to you guys on the shoulder pad to me. That's kind of like the uh, more of like a bow tie. I, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's... It's like a really wide V. Anyway, mm-hmm. check them out. They're on the Twitter. They're on. They're online. Don't stay in the planes. Yeah, that's the place. That's the place to go. Um, and you know where else is the place to go if you want to possibly make a wager? Ooh, where's that? You can go to betonline.ag, my friend. Um, sports are returning, which means your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.com. Uh, UFC, NASCAR, Formula One, they're all in full swing. There's no shortage of ways to get in on the action. And if you need more, BetOnline has simulated NFL Madden games, NBA 2K, and UFC happening every day. Uh, We've got MLB starting this week, NBA next week, NFL is imminent. BetOnline has future odds on everything you can imagine, season win totals, division odds, championship odds. I may actually check their Spencer. To, this may influence my MLB team decision. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been kind of looking around as we've been on been on the podcast, and I'm, I may be a Milwaukee's Brewers fan this year. I, oh, I yeah? May, I may adopt the Brewers. But anyway, uh, make sure to visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device to join now and receive your new welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag. Guys, you need to make sure that manscaping accidents are a thing of the past. Start taking notes. Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. This is their third generation trimmer featuring advanced skin safe technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team obsesses over technology d- development to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And they spent 18 months perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take that longer shave. The water resistant technology allows you to shave in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer more precise trim and let's not forget about the charging stand show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by usb so so hang on so <laughs> you gotta show like this thing off man this into your like in your work computer you you better man you better it, it's like a hey th- th- this is what i'm working with you're at the airport or on a, on a conference call and you just plug it into the old surface yeah you just like let it charge up I need to get charged for a little little extra extra battery so I can run in, trim this thing up. Yep. Um, many people have written in stories about how the Lawnmower 3.0 has changed their lives. Um, you need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code armchair 
A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use armchair. Your balls will thank you. All right. Now we can segue right into some UTEP Miners football. Hopefully, possibly, perhaps, Tech will get to play UTEP. Do you think this game's actually going to happen based off of what we've seen recently? I, I'm losing confidence. Um, but what, what is helping me maintain that confidence, though, is that they're an in-state opponent. Because I think while non-conference schedules are like the first place to look at cutting to reduce travel. Um, I think in-state opponents should be excluded from those restrictions. So like when the big 10 canceled non-conference opponents and Iowa and Iowa state can't play each other, it's like, well, they don't have to go very far to make that game. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I think, it can make sense to have the, the conference kind of lead that, that way, that discussion. But like I said, I think in-state non-conference opponents should be excluded from those restrictions. So that's just my opinion. I think UTEP and Texas Tech is more likely to be, be played because they are in-state. Yeah, and I hope you're right. Uh, the, the only knock, not knock, but... The only bad thing about this is this would be an away game. So this is the return favor of UTEP coming to Lubbock last year. Obviously, it wouldn't count as a home game or anything like that. But well, so we'd get hold to on, watch, though. we'd get to watch some football. <laughs> so to that point, though, if Texas Tech loses this game from the schedule, it gives them an away game to play with in terms of scheduling a power five opponent in terms of grabbing another game onto the schedule. So where you could go after like a Mississippi state or one of the other, other teams that Ooh. we're talking about um, that may be looking at, you know, pairing up another power five opponent or another power five conference. Now, because you're not replacing just two home games, you're replacing a home and an away game. You can be like, Hey, I'll take a group of five opponent at home and a power five game on the road. Because you're not, you know, I don't know. So maybe losing the UTEP game wouldn't be that bad. It may give give Texas Tech some more opportunities for scheduling to make up for those other games. Yeah, it could. Uh, but it's it, it just all seems like such a... Uh, who knows? Uh, you know, this phrase is used a lot, but my friend Adam was talking about it. He said a lot of what we're seeing now with whether or not to start school, how college is going to start, whether football is going to start or sports or whatever. It's kind of like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. None of it's going to happen, but you're just going to try. It, 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 you're going to do the best you can either way. Yeah. So. Hopefully it's it's not that, but I would it would open things up. Um, but then you know the, then that's three games that these guys have got to schedule in six weeks, basically. And I'm sure teams within the state, like 
a rice would be open to, to, to adding a game. Um, or, you know, I, I don't know if it has to be in state, but you know, you, you can, you can play regional games probably a lot easier than well, definitely to, won't be New Mexico. Yeah. Who knows? They have, they have canceled the sport of football altogether. So there's, they won't be that. So it'll probably need to be someone in state or a Tulsa or uh, a Louisiana Tech or Arkansas I mean, I State. Yeah. Which none of those sound intriguing, except maybe Tulsa. But then I don't want to lose to Tulsa. <laughs> no, you hate to lose to Tulsa. But yeah. so it's so. What's interesting though, um, New Mexico State is in Las Cruces, right? Yes, it's in Las Cruces. Uh, yes, which is directly opposite of El Paso. Correct. Las Cruces has New Mexico State. So, like these two cities are as close as two major c- cities can be, and one's like, "No, we're not playing." The other one's like, "Let's go." Yeah, I think they're maybe ten minutes apart from each other. Yeah, <laughs> they're not very far. It's that state line, man. Changes everything. Yep, the boundaries. But yeah, so currently Texas Tech has the UTEP minors on the schedule. Um, they went 1-11 last season. Head coach Dana Dimmel, he was previously with uh, Kansas State, I believe, under Ron's, Don, Coach Snyder. Almost said Ron Prince. No, that's not the right one. Um Game would be like you're correct. Yeah, would be first game of the season, September fifth in El Paso. If you look at some of their um, their best players, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have a hard time pronouncing this name. Running back Quad Quadrius Wadley. It's that weird R D R combination. In the middle of his name, running back. He missed 2019 with an injury. Um, in 2018, he was averaging five yards a carry with seven touchdowns. Uh, he had 600-something yards. Then you've got the defensive back kick returner, Deron Lowe, offensive lineman Bobby DeHaro, and linebacker Sion Tupo. So UTEP still remains one of the worst FBS teams out there, maybe getting... Uh, things turned around slowly but surely. Um, interesting left. Dana Dimmel actually did stop. He, he was uh, he was coaching at Utah State for a stint in the mid to late nineties, and then former Texas Tech special teams coach Joe Robinson is a special teams coordinator for UTEP currently. Oh, that's an interesting little connection. Yeah. Um, speaking of connections. I actually know one of the one of the quarterbacks on this team, on the UTEP team, Gavin Hardison, um, and I, I know him because his he's from Hobbs, and he and his family lived in Hobbs, and he was playing for Hobbs High School the time that I was there. But he was on the JV squad. Um, he played two years on the varsity level with a very quarterback friendly system, but dude threw for like. 8,000 yards and 90 touchdowns in two years. That's insane. Um, I don't think I could complete 90 passes in two years. Yeah. Um, 
And then I think he went to a prep school in, in New Mexico before tra- transferring into to UTEP. Because I don't, while Hobbs is a five or six A school, it wasn't, it's not very well known for its football. It's more known for basketball within the state. So not a lot of kids are being recruited for football teams out of Hobbs. So he went, like I said, the prep route first and then transferred to UTEP. Um, I don't expect him to be competing or, you know, starting for the, for the, the minors this season, but just a fun note that I knew Gavin when he was playing for Hobbs High School. Um, and then, like I said, he just put up some ridiculous numbers as a starter for the varsity team. Anything else you want to add in terms of the minors? I don't, I don't want to like jump too deeply into like a preview of them with the schedule that could change, and we haven't really done our – we haven't started our season previews yet. No, nothing to add. Hopefully we just get to play. Yep. Hopefully it's a game on schedule. All right. Um, we had some, some more preseason all-Big 12 – uh, awards or watch list, whatever the, these things would be called, announced. Defensive end Jack, sorry, not Jack Anderson. That's the offensive guard. Defensive end Eli Howard, offensive guard Jack Anderson, and punter Austin McNamara are all listed on the preseason All Big Twelve team. Of course, because McNamara is our next draft pick. Well, I'm so I'm not so sure about that. All right, well, okay, all right, who you got? So I, I, I read an article today that was linked in this morning's morning steak that said Tech's probably best draft uh, prospect would be defensive back to Marcus Fields. That's that's not a bad that's not a bad choice there. <laughs> that, that could be that could be up there. And they talked about his his um in his first season of, of competition where, so he, he redshirted the first, his first season with tech. And then he played, um, and like game two or game three was that 95 yard pick six he had against Oklahoma state. And then he had three more interceptions last season. Um, but had a, the, the article already said he, he had a, a lot of passes, defended passes broken up. And that was one of the knocks they had on him. He, he needs to turn those into turnovers to take those passes defended into interceptions. I mean, that is that is asking a lot because a, a defended pass is fantastic. You know, as a fan, you take that any day of the week. But mm-hmm. that's true. If he can get his fingers, tips on it and his hands on it, then if he can make a play on that and actually take the ball away – that's going to uh, make a big impact on his draft draft stock. But that's that's an interesting one. I, I hadn't considered that. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see if and how this season <laughs> plays out. Oh, I hate having to keep say that and think that in the back of my mind, but that's just how my brain works. I can't well, and it's, not think about it. It's so weird to say that since we're, you know, I think we're five weeks out from the official projected start of the season yeah and like previously like this would be the time that we're you know jumping all in on like what does fall camp look like who's who's competing who's who's starting to make a name for himself who's who's going to take over starting role for the quarterback all that kind of stuff and we're like i don't know if there's going to be a season yeah we've already lost two games 
we're we're only guaranteed 10 games right now yeah um but yeah so the 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 other other players on this list uh notably quarterback sam ellinger i don't have a problem with that you probably could have made a, a, a case for ellinger or brewer at baylor or purdy from iowa state i just think ellinger is probably the safer choice from those three running backs puka williams and chuba hubbard of course yeah no problems there um and then kansas gets the first wide receiver choice andrew parchment which i thought was interesting he was uh you know he was especially good against tech everybody was especially good against tech (laughs) especially on their (laughs) offense because we decided we couldn't defend the pass that night charleston rambo from oklahoma and tylen wallace from oklahoma state those two make sense. Charlie Kohler, tight end from Iowa State, makes sense. Um, I haven't heard of any of the, the offensive linemen except for Jack Anderson. The place kicker Gabe Burkich from Oklahoma. The little bit I saw from him, I think he was perfect on his field goal attempts last season. Um, defense, like... I recognize very few of these players' names. Uh, Eli Howard, obviously. Darius Stills from West Virginia, I remember. Garrett Wallow, the linebacker from TCU. Um, and Caden Stearns, the defensive back from Texas. You know, not to pour salt on a wound, but I just wanted to uh, reiterate that parchment against Tech... Mm-mm. He only he only caught seven passes, but they were for 109 yards, including a touchdown, and one of them was a 70-yard bomb. So really, if you take that 70-yard one away, then he had like pretty, pede- pretty pedestrian day for Parchment. He had six catches for 30 yards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, big deal. If you can just control the big play, which they did, they couldn't that night. Oh no. Oh God, no! I'm I'm looking at this, uh, and then right above him is uh, Stephon Robinson Jr. He had a 65 yard catch. Mm-hmm. I remember both of those plays. Yeah, I, I also remember the play where we blocked a field goal, and then somehow Kansas ended up retaining possession. Yeah, I, I'm that sorry to bring this up too much. I, I brought up too much. I'm, we we can move on past this. Um. Rico Jeffers has been named to the Butkus Award watch list, given out to the nation's best linebacker, which is interesting that Texas Tech is getting some preseason recognition on defense. Um, and Jordan Brooks finished a finalist as a finalist on this list last season. So you've got three, three seasons basically in a row where you've get, you're getting some significant recognition for linebacker play with um, Dakota Allen, then Jordan Brooks, now Rico Jeffers. Yeah, and those are, uh, I mean, hopefully good omens and hopefully good signs and something that Tech is historically not known for. And maybe this will kind of start to turn around and and especially in the linebacker position, that guys will kind of look to come here and say, hey, these guys have, have really made names for themselves and they've been able to contribute in this system and and play good football. Yeah. Um, other news is that former Utah State Aggie quarterback, 
Henry Columbi is transferring to Texas Tech. Yeah, this was this just hit yesterday, which is Monday. If y'all are listening, this kind of um, kind of late in the evening on Monday, and I, I mean, hats off to Matt Wells for being able to recruit in this crap. Even it, it doesn't matter if it's a former player; it doesn't matter anything like that to get a kid to move a, halfway across the country during a pandemic this late in the game with you know there's only 10 games on the schedule i mean that's that's saying something yeah so uh henry columbia did commit to play uh under matt wells and they had two years overlap there up in logan utah uh columbia redshirted his first year and then he, he played he logged time plays both his redshirt freshman and sophomore seasons. His sophomore season was his past season, so it was his redshirt year, his redshirt freshman year, or both under Matt Wells. Um, he recruited him to Utah State, and uh, I, I can't remember if it was if it was uh, Henry or his dad saying it. You know, it, it was interesting to see that when Matt Wells said, "Hey, come play for me." Um, it didn't end up being at Utah State, but he's still going to play for for Matt Wells. Yeah, I I, I kind of like this story, and we need more guys. Tech needs more quarterbacks. We need more bodies. Uh, yeah, just there just hasn't been any any, any proven um, longevity there. You've got uh, Alan Bowman, who's been here the longest, um, but he hasn't been able to complete a season yet. Then you've had Maverick MacGyver, who hasn't played basically in two years because of injuries. You've got Donovan Smith coming in, um, and then now you've got Henry Columbi. Now he he's played. Uh, he he did like I said, get some meaningful snaps during the season, but very rarely used. Um, he's a three-star prospect out of high school from was it. Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Florida he, kid, yeah. He said moving to Texas is, is getting closer to home. I was like, I don't know if that. That difference is significant enough to, to, to make a difference, but um, it is he, technically closer. No, for sure, it's closer. But uh, he joins the the quarterback room, like I said, with um, Bowman, MacGyver, Smith. All I could think of was Donovan's first name. The the other. I'm, other I'm, Sorry, Go really, ahead. really quickly, Go ahead. because he did play for Matt Wells. He also played for David Yost. So uh, the other thing is he's coming in already knowing the system, already knowing the the terminology. He's not learning a new playbook. He's coming in and basically trying to fit what he's got, his skills with the players that are here on the on the roster. So probably a little bit easier to assimilate into the team um, and, and jump into the competition because he doesn't have to learn the playbook. Um so there's that too. Yeah, not a super big guy, but he's six two. Uh, showing on twenty four seven sports that he's one ninety five. So might need a little bit more meat on his bones, but he's he's got the height and everything that you'd expect for a pro quarterback. And I've got a speaker playing in the background. Sorry if y'all can hear that. Um, I mean, I'm excited about. Uh, 
Donovan Smith, but I don't want to put any any pressure on the kid. I know that he's just fresh out of high school and a I really mean, weird high school year at that. Yeah, he, he typically should be, you know, your third quarterback right now. Yeah, and he's only played quarterback, what, two years? Was it something like that? I, I think he transferred yeah. to Friendship possibly as an athlete or maybe he played one year as a quarterback before transferring. I'm sure Keith's hollering at us right now if he's listening, but uh, I'm really excited about him and the future of him. But as you mentioned, it's not a, it's not a knock on Bowman or McIver, but it's a reality. Uh, the, the guys have, they've had struggles maintaining um, their health to play. And so it's, we need we need more guys. <laughs> we we just need to be able to to rely on on uh, more than a, a true freshman. Yeah. All right. So okay, I think that so wraps it up. Are we to the fun part. Yes, I was going to say that wraps up everything else except for our favorite game from history. So because I I took one game last week. Michael's going to take this one, and I think we'll start doing shorter recaps and probably do two games a week going forward. But this one needed to be a standalone. Okay, so my pick, um, I'm not going to tease or anything. I'm just going to say what it was. It was it was 1995 versus Texas A&M, which those of you listening, um, if you're very familiar with anything related to tech history in that area, you know that that is the Zach Thomas interception game, basically. Pick six. And uh, that was in October in a very sunny day. Kickoff was at 1 p.m., it was the third game, nope, the fourth game of the year. A&M had started the year at number three in the country, beat LSU and Toledo, and then lost to then number seven, Colorado. So believe it or not, Colorado was good that year. They finished 10-2 and and number seven in the country uh, with a win in the Cotton Bowl. But Colorado lost to Kansas, who was also good that year, who also finished 10-2. and including a win against UCLA and the Aloha Bowl. So things were crazy in 1995 versus anything that you'd expect to see now. A&M came into town. This was back, of course, when Tech was in the Southwest Conference with A&M. A&M had not lost a Southwest Conference game since 1989. Nope, 1990, sorry. They had won 29 in a row. Like I said, they were uh, number eight in the country coming in. And... Tech had somehow, with the help of Zach Thomas's 12 tackles, a fumble recovery, and this pick six, which sealed the deal, they had somehow held AM down to just seven points. So the big play of the game is obviously um, Thomas talks about this. And the reason I know that Tech, the last time Tech played, AM was in 2011. They interviewed Zach Thomas before that game. And that's what this article is referencing. And he said that he just had his eyes on the quarterback the whole time. And the quarterback just telegraphed exactly where he was going to throw it. And so tied 7 7. AM at their own 15 yard line, 37 seconds left. The announcer said, AM's flirting with danger here. <laughs> they rocket a pass directly into the arms of Zach Thomas, who's, I mean, it would look like it was meant for him. Of course, Thomas was moving towards it because he knew what receiver he was throwing to straight into the end zone penalties for celebration, 
just fantastic. Uh, the announcers go on to say, and I think this is a direct quote, that autom- automatically goes down as one of the greatest plays in Texas Tech history. And the other guy said, no question there. So <laughs> nice. That that was a fun little tidbit to kind of rewatch. Uh, this this whole game's on YouTube if you want to watch the whole thing. Um, but anyway, that uh, that was the historical game of of the week for us here on 23 personnel. I, I was not a big tech fan. Then I was in sixth grade at that time. So I was just kind of, I knew of Texas tech and what it was. So it's, I don't want to pretend like I was sitting there watching this on my TV and I remember anything like that. This was more of a thing that once I showed up to tech and really started digging into it more that this was a game that everybody talked about. And obviously you can see why. Big deal, and like I said, it not only did it end A&M's 29-game Southwest Conference streak, but it ended a six-year losing streak to A&M, making this obviously, for those who can do math, Zach Thomas's first time to beat A&M. This was his senior year. Um, and just to kind of throw this in there, A&M went on to finish the year 9-3, and three, and they defeated Michigan in the Alamo Bowl, and Tech went on to finish the year 9-3, and three, defeating Air Force in the Copper Bowl. So this turned out to also be probably one of Spike Dyke's best seasons. Um, and, you know, this was a big part of it because of this October win against a, a pretty solid A&M team coming to town. So earlier, if I said that Tech hadn't played Air Force, I was lying because they played him in the Copper Bowl in 95. Obviously. Yeah, see? And I, sh- if I did my research, and I still didn't. <laughs> if you said that, I still should have caught that. But uh, and I may have said that about Colorado State more than than uh, Air Force. You did. I don't remember you saying too much about Air Force about whether or not Tech had played them. I just think I, I just think it would be cool to play a service academy, and Colorado's not too far. Whereas you know the Naval Academy and Army's, they're not close. Yeah, and. Which one does the triple option? I don't want to play that. Uh, I think they all do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Because <laughs> they all they all have to work with undersized linemen. I think that's the equalizer that uh, they found that can help them out. Yeah, so as for going back to revisiting our favorite games from history, Spencer's game last week was, was that punt fest from the 30s. Yeah, the rest of them will be like modern era games. Yeah, I, I brought y'all, you know, a, a, another almost 60 years to the 90s for for this game than I think every other game that we, you and I put together in our list are games that we watched live in some form or fashion. So mm-hmm. that means they're probably going to start in the early 2000s. And that's more my wheelhouse because I'm, I'm an old and Spencer's a little younger than me. So the, the next games that you hear us talk about will be at least over the next 20 years. Yeah, for sure. Um, but before we move on, because we do need to get to what we learned, and we haven't discussed which one we'll do, because I've got like four things in there I could probably talk about for another 30 minutes. We probably shouldn't do that. Um, I've got an important thing to share with you about a scholarship available via our partners at Armchair, who, of course, uh, hosts our podcast. Following the senseless murders of Armad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and countless other black community members at the hands of police officers, we want to ensure that we do what we can to make a tangible impact on those communities as we grow. 
Armchair Media will be issuing four $500 scholarships per semester to aspiring black creatives. If you've ever been dismissed as having an, quote, unrealistic career path, or if you've ever butted heads with parents or teachers because they don't recognize exactly what you want to do with your life, or if you feared to express yourself or put your work out in the world due to potential backlash, we strongly encourage you to apply. We recognize that there are creatives out there who may have bypassed college to pursue other avenues, who didn't get into college because their passions didn't translate to collegiate testing, or who did not have access to the financial means to pay for college. This is why there are only three requirements for eligibility. All right. So the three requirements are, one, you must be a black creative. Two, you must be under the age of 21. And three, you have to submit a project. This project can be graphic design, photography, writing, journalism, audio, video, creative writing, et cetera, anything creative um, to this email address. Send it to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. That's scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. And also, anyone looking to fund their own $500 scholarship through Armchair are directed to email Andrew at armchairallamericans.com. So just email Andrew directly if you'd like to fund that. And if you'd like to apply, send your project to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, so you mentioned we've got four possible topics. I'm going to let you just pick one. Okay, I'm, I'm going to pick one and, and stop. <laughs> Let's see. My wife and I have really been enjoying the British baking show on Netflix. <laughs> have, you, have you watched this at all, Spencer? No, I have not. We, Samantha and I watch our own combination of cooking shows. Well, if it's cooking related we we have, we have a couple of shows that we we go back and forth on um that we watch while we have Grayson in the room cuz he enjoys those too and they're uh fairly appropriate for a 5-year-old whereas some of the sure, other shows yeah. that we watch we feel like I eh, probably shouldn't be having that on with him in the room so we typically stick to the, our our chopped or cutthroat kitchen well, this, this you could add to the rotation if you so wish. Uh, my wife was – she recently – I think it was right before COVID starts, so also conveniently, really started taking an interest in baking and has really produced some great, great stuff. And uh, she started watching this show about a month ago, and I knew about it and she knew about it, and it's – but there's – a ton of seasons on Netflix now because it's, I think it comes on PBS. So it's, it's accessible, but it's so great because you get to know these people and everyone is, everyone's British. So they're, they're all, well, they're not all British, but they're part of the United Kingdom. I mean, you can obviously tell some of them are Irish or Scottish or something, but the, uh, the way that they, speak in the way that they act like no one are no one is actually this polite <laughs> no one actually has always has their manners in check like this and then you realize nope they're just kind of all like that um but what i love about the show the most is the format i think the format is really about as even as it can be it's it's all done on a weekend the bakers 
They will have three challenges. It's an hour-long show. They know exactly what they're supposed to do in the first challenge. They're given like a task of you need to make a pastry like this. And then they can practice all week and, you know, do whatever they want to do. The second task is a technical challenge, which they have no idea what it's going to be. And they, and they get given some directions to bake something. And they get given all the – everyone has the exact same ingredients, exact same equipment, everything for the technical challenge. So I really find that interesting. And then they do blind taste tests for that. So when they come out, the other two challenges, they always know, you know, the baker presents their food to them or whatever. But the technical challenge, it's a blind taste test. We know who's they're tasting, but they don't. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to see all these people trying to make the exact same thing and how terrible some of them are (laughs) at that. And then the further the the season goes, the harder the technical challenges become – Partially just the difficulty of the recipes themselves and also because they leave – the recipes get s- slimmer and slimmer. <laughs> they like something details. Like, yeah, it's – you know, it, the first would would describe how to make the custard for something and then, you know, once you're in like episode 10, it just says make a custard. Yeah. Or, you know, it just like make a custard or – Make the dough. <laughs> it just kind of the, the the recipes just keep getting slimmer. And then the third thing is also something that they can challenge or um, work on all throughout the week. So they get three chances every every episode, and then of course they chop the the worst one. But I, I like that it seems kind of even because it plays to the people who really prepare. And but then you know if. If they can't whip up that crazy technical challenge, then they don't deserve to win this extremely competitive cutthroat competition. It's crazy, Spencer. I, we just – I think we're on our fourth season. That's nuts, man. <laughs> We've been watching a lot of the British baking <laughs> show. It's – I don't know. It, it It's um, – the, the judges um, – I'm not sure who – I think they have different judges, but the judges we're watching are Paul and Mary. If anybody is keeping up with with any of this, if if anyone hasn't driven into a bridge by now, well, if you haven't, let, let me add to this real quick. If you don't know, uh, so my my favorite of our cooking shows we watch is probably Cutthroat Kitchen, and I don't know if you're familiar with the format, but no. they bring in four chefs or cooks. Um, they could be, you know traditionally trained trained at like a culinary school or they could be like self-taught or whatever. Um, and they're brought in and then Alton Brown is a host and he says, okay, I'm going to give you so much time. He's usually 20 or 30 minutes to make. And he gives them a dish to make. He says, okay, you're going to make okay. your best whatever. And, and then they all have to, they get 60 seconds to shop for all their ingredients in a shared pantry they're all in there at the same time. So they run in there. They're like fighting over ingredients basically. Um, and then when they come out, they have, um, sabotages that they bid on. There's an auction for sabotages that if the chef wins, they can decide who of their competitors has to deal with the sabotage. And it's usually something like, well, they'll roll, they'll substitute one of their main ingredients out. So like if it's like a, a chicken dish, no, so the other night they were supposed to make uh, a, 
gnocchi. Sorry, I'm trying to make sure I pronounce it. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Which is a potato-based thing. But one of the sabotages was, hey, we're going to replace your everybody's potatoes. Like this one guy's going to get poutine. One guy's going to get potato skins. One's going to get uh, something else potato-related. But like they took their potatoes and replaced it with potato adjacent things <laughs> right <laughs> yeah they had to figure something out yeah and then the, the they have a judge that comes down and says okay they present their dish whatever they, they, they come up with um they don't know about the sabotages they don't care they're 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 judging them on how well they did making the assigned dish if it tastes good if it looks good and if it reminds them of what it's supposed to be um so it, it, this it's, is so complicated. Is this the one with Alton Brown? Yeah, so he, he's the host. They okay. They give out money at the beginning of the show. It says, okay, everybody gets $25,000 and you bid on whatever. The chef that wins walks home with the amount of money they have left over. So you're, you're balancing how oh. much do you want to spend to knock out other opponents and how much money do you want to reserve for when you win because that's what you take home. And of, you know, the dozen or so episodes I've watched, only one person has gone home, has won it without spending a dollar. We're like, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't buy or win any of the sabotages, but ended up winning the final round. Anyways, that, that show is appropriately titled. It's, it's, it can be quite, uh, yeah. Anyways. That that that's that's my my uh, contribution to the the baking show. <laughs> that's your that's your cooking here. show uh, yes. preference at the moment. It, aside from anything involving Guy Fieri. No, for sure, because uh, Triple D is gold, and it's it, it cannot be touched. Nope, nope. We stand with the with the mayor of Flavortown. Flavortown and his his frosted tips. Yeah, bring them on. I hope he's I hope he's seventy five years old frosting those tips, <laughs> whatever's left of them. Still driving that same Mustang. It's a Camaro, bro. Camaro, whatever. I see. I don't I don't pay enough attention to the intro. All right, the sweet Camaro. No, it it looks awesome. It's from the sixties or seventies, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a sixty eight or sixty nine, but I think it's one of those two. Yeah, it it's sweet, but anyways, I think that'll do it. For us on the 23 personnel podcast, I think we've done enough uh, little league and uh, baking and cooking show competitions that we've just filled your head with all kinds of goodies. Um, don't forget, we've got the the giveaway going. Make sure you submit your your favorite or most memorable game from tech history. F- follow us on Twitter and or Instagram. Tweet Me Personnel Podcast, submit your entries that way. Be entered to win your copy of Dream No Little Dreams by Travis Hale. Um, and with that, we'll get prepared to start doing probably, hopefully, our our preview episodes um, here pretty soon, assuming our season doesn't get derailed or changed. Um, and until then, enjoy some MLB baseball and NBA. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. 
You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.